Today on The Lab Report, we're going to interview Dr. Susan Blum, a key opinion leader on the immune response. And she's got a book called The Immune System Recovery Plan, which we're going to ask her about. Sounds great. The world of medicine can be challenging. Clinicians and patients are always looking for more options, more effective treatments, and in the end, more answers. Functional and integrative medicine focuses on addressing root causes of disease. Here at Genova Diagnostics, we've watched this field evolve and grow for over 35 years. We've not only adapted, we've led. Join us as we talk about functional medicine, laboratory testing, and optimizing health. Welcome to the Lab Report. I can't move my head or like my body at all. You want me to hit you really hard in the back of the neck? Yeah. Hello. Hi, Michael Chapman. Hi, Patty Devers. How are you today? I'm doing just fine. some musculoskeletal problems, I think. Yeah. Very true. Welcome, everyone. This is The Lab Report. This is The Lab Report. It's a podcast brought to you by Genova Diagnostics. And we're talking all things functional medicine, specialty lab testing, integrative therapeutics, yeah. and some other stuff around that. Yeah, some other things. And things if, we call the like. <laughs> and the like. And if you like what you hear, you can go to iTunes, Spotify, download, subscribe, rate, review. Yeah, do those things. Yeah. You can also connect with us. Mm-hmm. You can email us podcast at gdx.net yeah we have you a, got a question or you just want to chat yeah we like to get those emails yeah well we're gonna have a fun day today we are gonna have a blast today we're gonna send out a lot of great information today because we're talking to dr susan blum a true pioneer in functional medicine dr susan blum is a nationally recognized speaker author, and teacher. As founder and director of Blum Center for Health, and through her patient care writing, research, and mentoring, she's a passionate advocate for those with chronic illness. Dr. Blum is an assistant clinical professor in preventative medicine at the Icon School of Medicine, Mount Sinai, and senior faculty with the Center for Mind-Body Medicine. She's also certified in functional medicine. Dr. Blum is the author of the Immune System Recovery Plan and Healing Arthritis. She is also a medical advisor for the Dr. Oz Show and the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. Wow, awesome. And we're so happy to have you. Welcome to the Lab Report. Welcome, Dr. Blum. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Excellent. You know, I have, just starting off, you have been practicing and teaching functional medicine for nearly 20 years, and we certainly know. <laughs> right. <laughs> we know. So old. <laughs> yeah. no. Way to go, Michael. <laughs> well, I, I just no, think about. No, that's okay. That's okay. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah sorry. I, I interrupted you. <laughs> I just think about, you know, where functional medicine was and what it's become. What has it been like to not only witness this sort of growth and evolution in functional medicine, but really just be part of it and, and be a, a pioneer? in this particular field? Well, it's what's wonder, wonderful is really the, the, the biggest, the greatest feeling I have when you say that is just how wonderful it is to watch the movement, as we call it, you know, in functional medicine. It's a movement yeah. mm-hmm. and it's picked up steam in an incredible way. I do laugh to myself when I think about when I did AFMCP back in 2001, which is the main applying functional medicine and clinical practice. Mm-hmm. And at that time, when I went, to, I went to Gig Harbor for it, there was about 50 people in the room. And outside in the foyer, you know how now we go to functional medicine conferences and there's a thousand vendors? Yep. There were three. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. It was you guys. It was Genova. 
And at that mm-hmm. time, it was just your small little, you know, still in North Carolina. I don't know. Are you still down in Asheville? Oh, yeah. Right. You are? Yep. yep. Yeah, yeah. And so just a Genova t- table. Because at that time, I think Jeff Bland was a me- like founded all the companies or he was intricately involved with. It was Genova and it was Metagenics. Mm-hmm. And that was it. And then there was an IFM table. And there was nobody else because, you know, the supplement companies and the testing was so in its infancy, right? Yeah. It was just all an idea of how, if this is the way, the, the new operating system for how we're going to look at the body, you know, how are we going to be able to measure uh, function? Yeah. Right? right. And, and so Jeff was really, you know, the forefront of all that, uh, you know, at the very, in those early days and, and then translating. And then it was, you know, I would speak to my uh, Genova rep after I would do a test. And I mean, that's really how I learned. I had, and Michael, you know, I call you, we do clinical consults <laughs> still when you do a new test. Right. Yeah. Um, that methylation test I'm really liking, by the way. Awesome. But the, which you've helped me with a lot. But the, you know, I used to call and get clinical. That's how I started practicing. I just Great. would call the rep or I'd arrange, call in and arrange a clinical consult to teach me how to interpret the labs. And then my metagenics rep would tell me what kind of supplements to use for <laughs> right. that test. And it was very small and tight knit in that way, you know, right. and we had a, a functional medicine forum, which was so active with small group mm. of people just trying to figure it out together. So right. it was really, there's a small group of us, you know, that still are like buddies from the old days, you know, <laughs> and so that's really fun too. But yeah. I, I've really been, I, I just, I'm grateful, yeah. you know, I'm grateful that I found this way to practice and that I've been able to help so many people all these years. Well, that's here we are all these years later, and you are very well known in our field as a key opinion leader when it comes to immunity and autoimmunity. And you have this book entitled The Immune System yep. Recovery Plan. And, you know, with the coronavirus pandemic, optimizing immunity is on everybody's priority list. Can you tell us about the book and how it might fit into the situation here? You know, the I, I get chills when you said that about the book and the immunity now because I wrote the book and I think I originally wrote it in 2013 and I did an update in 2016. And the book, you know, initially I wrote the book because as a functional medicine practitioner, sort of in those early days of practicing, when I hung a shingle instead of practicing functional medicine, we all know there's an autoimmune epidemic, right? It's mm-hmm. become the, like one of the 21st century chronic illnesses at the top of the list in terms of prevalence and functional and there's no operating there's no conventional approach to one or to just autoimmune as an umbrella it's all broken up into specialties as we know right Mm -hmm. arthritis is in the rheumatologist and Hashimoto's is with the thyroid the endocrinologist and MS is with the neurologist and so it was clear to me that I was applying my functional medicine sort of the steps, you know, just looking at the the matrix, which we just call, you know, sort of the matrix of the different nodes of where you sort of understand what's going on under the surface with people and started to really apply nutrition and, and, and the whole on, you know, endocrine orchestra via the whole stress system and really understanding what's going on with the immune system, looking at food and stress and gut health and the whole gut connection. Oh my God. Like, we did in 20 years ago, I was learning about the 4R gut restoration program, mm-hmm. you know, heal the gut, mm-hmm. yep. which we now it's called 5R, you know, but it was 4R back then. And so, and then toxins and environmental toxins. And I just, it, I really felt the need, you know, I tell people when they say to me, should I write a book? You know, but well, I don't know. Should I write a book? I need to write a book. And I say to people, writing a book is really hard, right? And it really is. It's yeah. not mm. such a piece of cake. You have to have something to say. 
Yeah. Right. You know, for me, for me, that book was a download. I just sat and downloaded. It took me six months to just download the whole thing because it was so clear to me that people needed to know that there's foundations for a healthy immune system. And I was doing it every day in my medical practice. I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's in those early years. And right around this time, about 15, 20 years ago, that I discovered functional medicine and I applied all these principles to healing my own autoimmunity. So I don't have autoimmunity anymore. And so what I did was I worked my way through these guiding principles of functional medicine. So it's food and stress and gut, heal my gut and lower my toxin load and clean up my world and all these things. And people, and I started doing that with people and they all improved and recovered and their autoimmunity was resolving. And I just wrote the book to get the word out. Now, I do want to say in the face of this COVID pandemic, what I'm sort of laughing to myself now, not laughing, but, you know, when you write a book, you have to figure out what the title should be. It's like Mm -hmm. this big thing. And instead of calling the book, the book for autoimmune people, what I wrote for the title, it's called the Immune System Recovery Plan, because it is actually just a guideline for healing the immune system. Mm -hmm. How do you have a healthy immune system? You have to go under that iceberg, the under the water. Mm-hmm. And, and optimize the functioning of all these systems, right? So right. you need to look at food and how it might be causing oxidative stress, you know, and you have to look at the adrenals and stress system and thyroid and all the whole endocrine orchestra, and you have to heal the gut and you have to really address the issue of toxins. And then there's also infections, which is the other big category. And so you have to make your way through. So I wrote the book to be a step-by-step manual which is with a to-do, like guidebooks and, mm-hmm. you know, a self-assessments to help people heal heal their immune system. So it's as relevant now. I mean, the book is just still, a, I still have it in hard, it's still in hardcover because it's been <laughs> just, they haven't made, they haven't never changed it to softcover because it just consistently has been doing mm. really well all these years. And so I'm just really grateful that the way I framed that book is about, here's how to have a healthy immune system. Here's a four-step program for a healthy immune system. Here's a four-step program for reducing inflammation. It's a really great book, just as well for that as it is for, you know, he- repairing your autoimmunity, you know, or healing autoimmune disease. So, yeah. so yeah, so that's the book. And and I translated the book into, I have an on- online programs. I do an autoimmune challenge every, you know, I do group coaching programs around the book. And I do a lot of work since the book came out on our online platform to, really, you know, make it accessible. You know, the idea is that not everybody could afford to see me, but either they can do the book themselves or they can go on my online, you know, on the online program Mm -hmm. and do it with my coach Mm. or do it, you know, or ask questions and get support, you know, to bring it to as many people as possible. Yeah, that's great. You know, that was my long answer. I loved it. it. Good. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot there. And one question follow up to that is, you know, when I think about autoimmunity or just trying to strengthen the immune system, you were mentioning how it's it's so multifactorial. And I wonder, you know, between all those different nodes that you kind of mentioned, is there one that really stands out to you? Or is it truly you have to treat this kind of person to person and see where what their particular area of weakness is? It's really, it really, you really have to do all you have to. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, so, so, so healthy gut. So the gut we know, my, so I, we can go through them all. I mean, they're all equally important and for different people, for different people, a different one will stand out. Yeah. I often find that there's a tipping point. So yeah. 
there's a, I think that there's terrain. I like to use the word terrain, right? So there's this idea of the ecosystem and the terrain of the body. And there's, there are aspects of those nodes, as we'll call it, that are very involved with terrain, right? And they all are really. Mm -hmm. So like the food you're eating and that you're filling up your gas tank with and that the antioxidants you're eating and the fiber, that's feeding your gut terrain. It's also feeding the, the sort of your levels of oxidative stress, which are critical for immune function. And not enough people understand this whole idea of, you know, oxidative stress in the body. And which is just too many free radicals running around, you know, zapping the tissues that the immune, you know, and also the immune system develops its own, uh, generates a lot of its own free radicals while it's working. Because yeah. mm. it, and, yeah. and it needs to, I, I, the way I describe it is it has to get sort of lock and reload, you know, it yeah. has to get reloaded and reload and reload to keep going all the soldiers of the immune army. And so you really have to feed them with antioxidants to reload them. And so it's such a need. And so, Anyway, coming back to terrain, these things I'm talking about are all terrain issues, right? So you have to be feeding. I don't, you know, I don't know how you heal your gut without an appropriate food plan mm -hmm. because mm. food is the number one thing that influences the gut. And I don't know how you have a health. So you have to have a healthy gut to have a healthy immune system. Okay. So if you want to pick one, maybe that's the most foundational, mm -hmm. but in, but, it, but in order to have a healthy gut, you have to, the number one most influential piece is food. Yeah. And right. then the second most influential piece is stress and the whole stress system because cortisol and catecholamines that are released from the adrenals, they, they bathe your microbiome and they mm -hmm. influence the function. And so you, you know, in, as the goal of sort of having this really well-functioning, well-oiled immune machine in your body there's an intersection between food and stress and gut that's all sort of necessary to be going on together right you know what i mean yeah so it's very hard to sort of separate them out and then you have the whole toxin load and which is huge how people can be bathed in environmental toxins and that's where mold toxins can come in as well as if you have infections they like lyme gives off toxins you know so it intersects with the toxin world you know when you look at infections I just, a toxin load is, is huge. And so that's sort of how I approach it in my book in that I tell people, do the self-assessments for each step. So food, stress, gut, toxin load. See where your priorities are, right? Some people, when I interview them or when I, my patients come in, you know, I'm still a very actively practicing physician, yeah. actually. Yeah. I have a very busy clinical practice. As you guys know, I churn out a lot of functional tests. Yeah. <laughs> um, sometimes... The person sitting in front of me, I have a new patient, and it's clear they've had gut issues their whole life, you know? And right. so I know that the gut repair is going to be so critical for them. Sometimes people come in and the whole history as I'm doing it and I'm going through exposures and it's clear that, oh my God, like I have some people that lived in Russia around Chernobyl, mm -hmm. you know, like you get histories and you, and so you have to sort of go where the money is on one hand, right? but on the other hand, so, so I know that that person isn't going to be able to just do a 21 day detox and their whole you know, detox load or toxin load is going to be cured from that, right? Mm -hmm. That's the other thing that I've discovered over all the years is that you have to treat and retreat and retreat. And for some people, they need long, a lot of, you know, support for detox. It's not just a quick fix, which is what some of the, you know, in the early days, I thought, okay, I'll do a 21 day program and that'll be enough. But, right. you know, for some people, that's way not enough. Right. So, so you have to personalize it for each person while at the same time holding, you know, the knowledge that you have to move your way through each step also. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I, you know, even with the detox portion of it too, you know, I couldn't help but my my brain going back to the importance of the gut just as its role as a detoxification right. organ right. too, you know. And so yes. it's all so intertwined. But with respect to the GI tract and its function with with auto with immunity and immune function, yeah. you know, there's a lot of statistics out there. People saying things like two thirds of your immune system is located in your GI tract. Yes, we just we know how important that is, and with everything that's going on right now. I, we know that you use stool testing to kind of evaluate GI function, but what do you look for on stool testing that gives you a window into the immune status? Right. So I think, and this is the way I explain it to patients too, you know, I do so much teaching. That's why we have yeah. to spend so much time doing right. our, in our, that's why we as functional medicine doctors or clinicians or practitioners, we all need very long visits because people want to know these things. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, so there's enough evidence uh, and research that we know how dysbiosis, which is an alteration in the microbial population, whether it's an overgrowth of beneficial bacteria or the location of the bacteria, too much in the small bowel, right, mm-hmm. versus the large bowel, or an overgrowth of, or just to, you know, overgrowth, I call it often, but it could just be presence of harmful microbes. And it can be an overgrowth of bacteria like the gram-negative rods that are very damaging to the intestinal lining like Klebsiella and Citrobacter and Pseudomonas. And, you know, there's a whole list of the, you know, of of gram-negative, I'm just going down my list in my head, you know, there's certain kinds of Prevotella Mm -hmm. and Enterococcus and Enterobacter. And so there's, I have the, the sort of standouts of these bacteria that are very rich in the lipopolysaccharide in their outer you know, shell. Mm. And when you see an overgrowth of those, so this is sort of bacterial dysbiosis, right? Overgrowth of bad bacteria. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we have a whole list of these gram-negative rods. And so they, we know that those bacteria themselves damage the tight junctions in the intestinal lining and facilitate their own slipping out of the gut or, or pieces of their bacterial cell wall, mm-hmm. you know, slipping out of the gut and into the bloodstream. And, and actually, even before they hit the bloodstream, this is that whole 70% of the gut, you know, of the immune systems, you know, in the gut, right below the intestinal lining in the lamina propria is, is our clusters of, it's really lymphoid tissue. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. we call it the GALT, the gut-associated lymphoid tissue, mm-hmm. Some some of them are papyrus patches, the old term, you know, that, that that's used too. But it's really just clusters of lymphoid tissue, which is where your lymph, which is where your T cells and your lymphocytes and your B cells are all developing, right? So all the lymphocytes are sort of hanging out. I call them army bases waiting to be prompted or poked, right, to to replicate and to go to war. When the, when the, these sort of, bad bacteria slip across the damaged intestinal lining, they first bump into these guys, right? And there's a whole trigger of events that happens that, that initiates an immune response. And so this ends up, we, we know in rheumatoid arthritis, for example, there is so much research looking at the mechanism for exactly how this happens. And we, you know, we can measure lipopolysaccharide in the bloodstream, we could measure bacterial cell wall components in the joints of people with rheumatoid arthritis. And so there's this pathophysiology and process of these bacteria, they damage the cell, you know, the intestinal lining, they slip through and they trigger a systemic inflammation and they damage the functioning of the immune system from the chronic triggering as it crosses over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, so I'm just sort of backing up to stool testing. 
So this is why I say to people, you know, depending on what I see on your stool test, especially when you have certain kinds of bacteria that are overgrowing that you can see on a stool test, you have an very likely have a leaky gut, which is damaging your immune system. Mm -hmm. And so I know that I need to sort of get, so I call them weed killers or the way I go and repair, but I know that you have to treat dysbiosis. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So finding and treating dysbiosis. So other things that will also damage the intestinal lining, candida, right? right? Parasites. So you go looking for microbes that you know that if the patient has dysbiosis on the stool test, you have to treat dysbiosis because dysbiosis causes a leaky gut, which causes damage to the immune system. So so I guess that's the first step, like circling back to really answering your question. Yeah, yeah. I, sort of, I sort of went in a little rabbit hole. There for a <laughs> no, it's good. good. Right, but for some people, they might want to know that. Right. Yeah. And so, so, first, so the first thing is look for dysbiosis. And if you have dysbiosis, you treat it. Especially if your person sitting in front of you has any kind of problems with their immune system, has any kind, or you yourself, if you're, they're list, somebody's listening and needs to do the stool test on themselves. But dysbiosis is associated with autoimmunity and inflammation and imbalances, you know, disruptions in the immune system. Now, there's something called T regulator cells, which are the T cells, which are lymph lymphocytes that regulate the functioning of everything. They're sort of like the switching gates. You know, they're, 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 they're all what they say, T regulators. Mm -hmm. So they regulate how things function. And the most important, the, the gut, there are aspects of gut health that really are very influential on the functioning of your T regulators. If you want to have a healthy immune system, you want to have a really robust functioning, a good amount of T regulators, and you want them to be functioning really well. One of the things that influences most powerfully the functioning of your T regulators are your beneficial bacteria. Hmm. They directly, the, we believe the good bacteria really communicate with the, that lymphoid tissue in the army bases right uh, below the surface of the gut lining, hmm. that there's a lot of communication happening. Not only do the bacteria directly communicate with the lymphoid tissue to help the T regulators develop really in a healthy way, but something like butyrate, which is a short-chain fatty acid that is secreted by the good bacteria when they ferment fiber, right? right? Mm -hmm. So you eat fiber, the good bacteria, you have enough good bacteria, they love the fiber, and they make short-chain fatty acids. And, and there's a really good research on butyrate and how butyrate influences the proper functioning of your T regulator cells. And actually, it improves the functioning of your T regulator cells, not just in the intestinal lining, but throughout the whole body. So butyrate actually has distant effects beyond the gut. And so on a stool test, you could measure, you know, short-chain fatty acid levels, right? And so you can see, you know, and you have to understand that it's a little transient. It can change with the diet of that day, right? So it's, nothing's perfect, right? right? But you can right. get a sense about how well, you know, you can look at production of short-chain fatty acids on a stool test. And you can also look at how well the bifidobacteria you know, how the, the levels of bifido, which really make a lot of the short-chain fatty acids, as well as the lactobacillus. And so you can get a sense of the, the good function, you know, the functioning, the good stuff, yeah. right, mm -hmm. that you want to see that's there, yeah. you know. So I guess those are two big ways, you know, that I, I – so you're looking for bad bacteria or bad microbes, you know, harmful stuff, dysbiosis, you want to treat that. Yeah. And then you want to make sure there's adequate good stuff happening, you know, right. and, and that the short-chain fatty acids and the good bacteria are two ways to do that. And then in the inflammatory panels, you know, I think those are really helpful because if you, you want to see if there's any activation of, inflam of inflammation, you know, calprotectin or 
the and you can look at the IgA as well, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Immunoglobulins in the gut to right. see whether or not, you know, how is it you're having chronic low IgA levels in the gut, which would suggest that you have some low immune function that mm-hmm. you want to boost, you know, mm-hmm. which you can do with something like Saccharomyces boulardii, for example. There's ways to boost IgA in the gut. So, um, so I, I, I find stool testing really, really helpful. That's There's great. probably more there, but I think I'll pause. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it really highlights the fact of the relationship between dysbiosis, commensal bacteria, and all the research there that talks about its relationship to autoimmunity. So I think, you know, highlighting that part of it and, and kind of the mechanism is really helpful to the listeners. So thanks for going. For but it's going. not just autoimmunity. It's immune function. Yeah. Mm. So now in the time of COVID, I think that we do ourselves a disservice to only label this as important. And I know you didn't mean to do that. I'm just highlighting what we, how we've been approaching this is that it's really important for all immune function. Yep. And autoimmunity is only a one manifestation of an imbalanced immune system. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's really, I think of it in a spectrum, right? So it's really just, we want to optimize immune function. An autoimmune person just has an imbalance there. And so we want to, as we just work to, so the goal is to not so much treat, quote unquote, autoimmunity. It's really to rebalance the functioning of the immune system and then autoimmunity is treated. Great point. Yeah. yeah. Good pivot. Absolutely. Yeah. And with that, you talked kind of about the importance of N-butyrate and and how fiber is fermented to create these short chain fatty acids like N-butyrate, which not only has local action, but systemic action. And it just makes me wonder, I noticed that on your website, you've got a couple protocols going on. You have a heal my gut protocol. And I imagine yep. that's something that you're you're turning to quite a bit when you're finding these abnormalities and uh, dysfunctions Absolutely. on a stool test. Yes. So yeah. You want to tell me a little bit about the heal my gut protocol and what makes that unique? Oh, sure. Thank you. So, so because I need to I'm everybody, well, not everybody, but because gut is so central to immune function and I do so much uh, digging into making sure that everybody's gut is healthy to make this really easy and accessible. I put together, it's actually an automated, I have a 10 day and a 30 day heal my gut program. And it's really a do it yourself, right? So if you, you know, not only do you get supplements, which I can, I'll sort of explain in a second, but there's coaching prompts and emails you get and explanation and guidebooks to really explain what we're doing and why, and meant to offer support as you're going through the program. And so, so really in a Heal My Gut program, the most important things, and this really comes to the five, you know, this is what we do in functional medicine, right? It's the five R sort of gut program. And so it takes you through sort of these steps. And so every, so which is what I do then in the Heal My Gut. So it's the first step is the whole removal piece, right? And so removing all that means is treating dysbiosis, right? Mm-hmm. We want to remove the gut, the bad, harmful things that might be in there. And so because we're not doing stool testing for people that are just, if they're my patients, then I, I you know, then I, I'm doing stool testing, but the average person going to the website or if people want to do it themselves, they're not going to have a stool test. So my, my Heal My Gut program has a very broad spectrum approach. So the, the remove phase has a lot of herbs in the packets, right? So it has... It has berberine and black walnut and uva ursi, and it has artemisia and it has oregano, you know, really a broad spectrum of herbs that mm-hmm. treat dysbiosis. So the way that I treat dysbiosis is with herbal antimicrobials. And so the really the hallmark of a Heal My Gut program is, for me, is treating dysbiosis. So you, uh, So that's the first R, right? Remove the bad bacteria, yeast, parasites, and I do that with herbs. The other part of the remove is you need to help people 
go on a healthy diet, right? And so, or a gut supportive food plan. And so there's instructions for following a food plan. So it's remove the bad food, right? So you want to remove the bad food and remove the harmful microbes. So that's number one. The second piece to the heal my gut, which follows the functional medicine process is, you know, replacing enzymes. So it's replace. It's do you need digestive enzymes? Do you need betaine? Is there something that you need to replace there? And so, so, so I put people on digestive enzymes while they're doing this process. The good thing about taking enzymes while you do this process as well is that it helps bust up biofilms that we think some bacteria and yeast might live in in the gut. Mm-hmm. And so they go on and so going on enzymes is the second R. And then the third R is replacing or it's not replace, it's a different R, but it has to do with reintroducing probiotics, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So using probiotics and I tend to use broad spectrum uh, blends. I think we're very early on in our understanding of which strain does what, right. and from an in, and from an anti-inflammatory perspective or a heal the immune system perspective, there's many strains that have really good research. So I I use blends that have you know eight to eleven strains in them uh, in my probiotics that I recommend, and so we use probiotics, and then there's the you know repair the lining, you know, which is really repairing the intestinal lining and. You know, this is healing leaky gut. There's a lot of really good things that will, supplements that are out there for healing leaky gut. I just tend to, for just a basic do-it-yourself program, I just stick with glutamine because it's the easiest for people to take and it's the most well-studied and the most, the one we're the most familiar with and has a lot of legs from many, many years of use. Yeah. And so I put people on glutamine powder and and a little turmeric, actually, curcumin is also really great for healing the gut and, and it's anti-inflammatory and antioxidant properties. And I think that's basically it. And so, the, the but I will point out, so that's, so those are really the basic supplements, right? So it's a 30-day program. And I really, the, one of the things I've learned is that the gut, you can't repair the gut in two minutes, right? It sure. doesn't take right. like, you know, if you have immune issues or you're working with someone that's autoimmune or has significant immune issues or be really concerned about the immune system, you know, or when you do a stool test, there's significant dysbiosis. You're going to have to treat the gut for 30 days. I remember back when 20 years ago, Alex Vasquez, who, you know, was one of my sort of mentors that sure. I learned from mm-hmm. way back when. Yeah. And he was like, you know, when he did the immune module, you know, he was one of the teachers back then. And he was like, yeah, you know, six to eight weeks of herbs. And I thought, oh my God, who's going to take six to eight weeks of herbs? <laughs> that is so long. Oh my, I am just going to do two weeks. Nobody will agree to do six to eight weeks. And what I learned is actually, uh, yeah, I'm doing one to two months. Yeah. You know, right. so I do 30 days. And with my rheumatoid arthritis or my people with severe dysbiosis, they need a second month. Mm. And so it's it's really one to two months. And then it might be six months later, another month. You know, do it a couple of months, give them, you know, work on then the leaky gut and probiotics and then do another stool test and see how far you got. And so I'm doing retreatment every six months or every year, you know, as, mm-hmm. as you push out, people need retreatment less and less often. Mm-hmm. But this is now the fifth R, which is really where I've learned the benefit of my 20 years. This is now what I bring to things. And in my second book on my healing arthritis book, the third step is really finish what you started. Mm-hmm. And that's and and along that parallel, you know, function IFM sort of came out with the fifth one, the fifth R, which is really retain. Yeah, right. How how do you help people? This is what us old folks now, you know, the long timers <laughs> <laughs> have, have been, you know, now focusing on right? right because 
all the, you know, all the people learning this now, you, we could teach you the 21 day program and the 30 day gut reboot. And so my heal my gut is a great 30 day program. But now, how are you going to help somebody really go deeper and heal in the long run? You know, you really need to help people retain these changes because the ecosystem, if you keep up your bad behaviors, the way you're eating, the stress comes back, you're not going to retain the gains that you made, right? right? Mm. So there's this long-term process that we have to help people shift to. And this is where the, the terrain and ecosystem discussions come, right? And and so that's really the next step. So the 30-Day Heal My Gut is great for the first step. Mm-hmm. And then I really work with people, and it's in the guidebook, you know, about how you're going to stay here. You know, how are you going to go deeper and continue the healing? Right, yeah. right. And I think to build on that, Dr. Blum, where I was going to go is in this retain portion of it, you've already healed the gut and in the retain part, is there a specific diet that you incorporate? Is it specific to a patient? Like there's a lot of diets out there, right? The fasting mimicking diet, Uh, ketogenic diet. Is there one that you champion as far as immunity is concerned? I love this. Okay, good. So we're going to talk, we're going to dig into this, huh? Okay. So so here's, here's how I talk about this now. Okay. This is again, evolution, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And so what I, what I would encourage people to do is to do, and I'm going to answer your question, I'll get there, okay? <laughs> because, because there is, but I want to start with where we start. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a big question there too. Are so, yeah. There are so many diets out there, right, as you know, and I call them, I put them into a whole bucket called therapeutic food plans. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of therapeutic food plans and we have, yes, there's ketogenic and fasting mimicking now and there's... You know, time-restricted, which I actually like. You can do any kind of food plan with time-restricted eating, right? So that's a little different. That's more about how you eat, not what you eat. But in terms of what you eat, there's, you know, how much – is it no-carb? Is it, you know, vegan? Is it, you know, paleo? Is it autoimmune paleo, right? So there's so many – and a lot of them are very super-duper restrictive. There's, you know, the plant – you know, plant people. You know, no plants. There's the the no-lectin, you know, people. and. You know, and there's a lot of really restrictive plans. And I, you know, Deanna Minnick and I just have a great podcast we did together on this. Like, cause we, we have a total meeting of the minds on this and we always sort of laugh how much we like talking to each other. It's like, you know, feeding each other lines almost. So <laughs> yeah. when we, when we get on and do conversations about this, but the, because I'm really passionate about helping people understand that no matter what your therapeutic food plan was that you felt you needed to do for your initial healing. Therapeutic food plans are not meant to be a lifelong food plan. And that's not the way you have to eat for a lifelong healing and for the retain and for the gut ecosystem, which lifelong. So what are the goals of, so I don't want to go through the different therapeutic plans because, you know, Mm -hmm. we can, that's for different people. They, they might be appropriate. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. But long-term, what do you, how to, how do we want people to end up eating after they move through how restrictive they might need to be? because their gut was so damaged or they were so sick, right? right. Where do you want to end up? And, and, and how do you help them move in that direction? And I will argue that the way you, where you want to end up is basically a version of a Mediterranean-type food plan. And I'll, cla- you know, I'll clarify what that is. Because the way you want to end up is I call it a gut-loving, liver-loving way to eat. And what is that? It's mostly plants, mm-hmm. right? Because your gut microbiome needs needs a lot of plants. It needs fiber. This brilliant, oh my God, research about polyphenols now. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if either of you have read this. And when I was doing my arthritis, when I 
my arthritis book came out, I, I did a summit, you know, like we were all doing summits at that time. And I got Jeff and Jeff and I bland and I, you know, I did an interview with him for the summit. And, and I, and I mentioned, you know, and polyphenols and he's the only other person I knew that knew this back then, because I had learned this from my research is that polyphenols are influencers. They actually influence the genetic expression of your, of your healthy bacteria in your gut. So your beneficial bacteria the polyphenols come in and they influence the the expression of the genes of and of and then the bacteria function in a higher more optimal way huh. and mm. so it's not that they're so so influencing your gut microbiome in the food we all know fiber right mm. it's going to pre, uh, prebiotics right the prebiotic stuff in the food sure. mm-hmm. which is mostly fiber right but the it's a kind of a polyphenols are a kind of prebiotic but they don't they don't influence the ecosystem by generating short chain fatty acids they influence the ecosystem through genetic expression of your microbiome and and they and your cell and your bacteria function better and so you need to eat a diet rich, rich in polyphenols, not just because of their antioxidant prowess, but because of this influence. And so you want to eat in a way that's going to re- be amazing for your gut. You want to eat for a good, for a healthy gut. That's the way you want to eat for a healthy immune system. And so it's a lot of color and plants. Right. The other big thing you want to do is you want to eat in a way that's going to help you live a life that's a low toxin load which means you need to eat food that's going to help your liver do a great job detoxifying. And what is that? That's also fiber. It's soluble fiber. Fiber pulls toxins out from your bile. Right. You know, it mm-hmm. goes through the liver, the mm-hmm. bile, excretes toxins. Your gut, my, you know, your stool has to grab it and pull it out. And mm-hmm. so you want to eat a lot of fiber for your liver. You need a lot of antioxidants for your liver. You need a lot of greens for your liver for all that indole 3 carbonyl and sulforaphane and you know, there's so much nutrients you need from a healthy diet to lower your toxin load and keep it low. We can't live in a bubble, right? Mm-hmm. We, we are all exposed to toxins despite our best efforts. So you have to live in a way that's going to nap every day, help you excrete toxins, which if, they, if you don't do that, the toxins will accumulate and you will end up damaging your immune system. And so I sort of scratch my head at how it's possible that a long-term healthy food plant is 70% animal products yeah. mm-hmm. or 70% fat in a ketogenic diet. It's just not a long-term plan. And so when you do the research, which I did for my second book for healing arthritis, I wrote a whole chapter on the best food plans for the gut. And the best food plans for the gut that show a positive change in the gut microbiome that reduces inflammation and then is also correlated actually with less inflammation and less rheumatoid and improvements in arthritis secondarily, but is vegan, vegetarian, and Mediterranean. Yeah. Hmm. And so long-term way to eat is you have to move towards the way I tell people is a 70% plant food, plant diet. You don't have to be a vegan if you don't want to be, but 70% of your day and your plates should be plants and High fiber-rich polyphenol, which is really why the Mediterranean diet has been so everyone loves it, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And why it always seems so good. It's so rich in polyphenols, yeah. You know, nice. and it's so rich in fiber, and it allows a little diet dairy, but it's minimal. It la- allows a little animal, but it's minimal. It's mostly seafood, mm-hmm. you know. But it's mostly it's a lot of legumes, and it's a lot of you know fiber, and it is a whole grains, right? So you move back to something that's 
sustainable that your body really likes. And so I believe in doing elimination. I always do an elimination diet at the beginning. That's my version of therapeutic food plans, like removing a whole lot of things to see what your body needs right. and what your body doesn't like. And then you test and you you see what you want to you know remove in a permanent, you know, semi-permanent way. So an autoimmune person definitely goes on a gluten-free diet for me. And when they move out into the retain, the long-term, I call it my my finish what you started program Mm -hmm. at the end of the therapeutic phase, they stay, you stay on that gluten-free diet, you know, until your autoimmunity is completely cured, you know, and then at that point, maybe you, you go to a 95% gluten-free diet, maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, once a month, you, you, you can tolerate having a little bit if you're out to dinner, you know, you move to something that's a little bit more reasonable that somebody can live with for the rest of their lives. Because I'm telling you, people come to me all the time, having done online programs from my other colleagues or even my own. Mm -hmm. And they're like, I can't stay and eat this way for the rest of my, do I have to eat this way for the rest of my life? I can't sustain this. Right. Right. And so you have to work with people to encourage them that no, this is not the rest of your life. Once we heal your gut and we heal your autoimmunity and you're functioning optimally, we sort of move towards a balanced way of eating. The foods that you're sensitive to that we discovered at the beginning, we're going to keep those out, but that'll be in the context of a sort of plant-based, plant-forward, I say, yeah. you know, nice. way of eating. Yeah. So that's my that's my whole long pitch. I love it. it no, I like that. And I, I really like the way that you kind of reframe, you know, the optimal diet, the optimal way of eating is the way that's going to be the optimal for the gut and for the the microbiome. It's essentially microbiome first. And that's what ultimately kind of generates long term wellness. Exactly. Yeah. And so, so you have to sort of back into the best way to eat because you need food for function. Yeah. Right. So you need the food for your gut. You need, and by the way, the other thing is when we're really looking at every node and we're talking about the stress and hormone node, right, which is so important, Fiber is absolutely critical for good estrogen metabolism, right? So mm-hmm. stool tests, we measure beta-glucuronidase, right. which is an enzyme that can cause cleavage of the excreted estrogen. You reabsorb it, you mm-hmm. know, poor excretion of estrogen. All your estrogens and your, your sex hormones get detoxed through the gut, through fiber. It has to grab it. Right. Cholesterol. Cholesterol, you have to grab it with fiber. You need soluble fiber. And so if you're not eating those foods, there's so many parts of your function, so many aspects of your health, that's not going to be optimal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's great. <laughs> so another question, just kind of change topic a little bit. Yeah. You know, we, we talked last time about how you're currently doing a lot of telemedicine and you have been doing telemedicine oh, yeah. for a good bit of time. Yeah. And I was hoping to, to talk about that just a little bit because there's so many clinicians that are having to adapt to a changing healthcare climate these days. Yes. And what do you see as some of the biggest challenges to telemedicine and some of maybe even the benefits that you wouldn't expect from telemedicine if, if you see any from where you're coming from? Yes. So the, the first thing that's amazing about this is really regulation of seeing new patients from anywhere. You know, there's been very, tele- and, I, and, I, and I don't, I'm praying that we can all, ra- that this will not go back to the old way it was. Because as clinicians, as a physician, and I'm pretty sure this would be true for any, it's true for my nurse practitioner, it would be true for any licensed medical person other than a nutritionist, which apparently can see patients across state lines. 
The rest of us can't. You you have to, as a new patient, you can, and this is in the past, before COVID, mm-hmm. I was not allowed to see new patients unless they came to the office for their first visit and became an established patient of the office. So, you know, I've been doing this a long time and I wrote the books. So people from all over the world or all over the country want to see me as a, as a physician, as a new patient. And I would re- have to require that they all come to the office for the first visit, unless they're in New York or Connecticut where I have my licenses. And so you have to be licensed in the state where the person's sitting. That was the old way. Now you're allowed to see everyone no matter where they are. And so I'm so excited about that. It's really about access, yeah, right? Because now anybody from wherever they are around the world can get a functional medicine consult. And to tell you the truth, I, I, there's nothing I, other than do a physical exam, which really isn't even, completely required in order to practice good functional medicine. Mm-hmm. I'm doing just as good work using video, yeah. you know, yeah. as I am in person. And so people are getting great, a great opportunity now, you know, to be able to have access. Yeah. So that's the really first great thing I see. I was always doing, te- we were always doing this before. I've had my Zoom account for, I don't know, five years already, you know. And so because people travel in to have, so people have come in to see us, not just me, but my two other clinic, you know, my whole team, but, you know, they'll travel from, from far away and, and then they go back home and I fo- all my follow-ups with them have been via Zoom, you know, or video. So yeah. I've had a system in place for seeing people who've, you know, live far away. And so it hasn't been an issue. Um, we've done either phone or, or video, but what I will say, so I think I could be helpful just in talk, talking about how to set it up in logistics, right? Sure. Cause I yeah. have, so I have been doing it for a long time. Maybe 10% of my patient day would be virtual, you know, where people wouldn't come in. Uh, Maybe, you know, one or two people out of the course of my day of, let's say I have six to eight people in the course of a day because one or two would always be not in person. So Mm -hmm. I'm sort of used to it. What's new is that I'm doing it from home as opposed to sitting in my office with everyone around me, you know, in terms of how do you manage the whole flow? It's not so much the actual video itself is easy. Right. So you get the person on and and you do it. But it's really the administrative tasks that are involved with managing a patient, a functional medicine patient. Right. So when I'm done with the video. So what what has to happen? You have to produce a treatment plan that you have to give them. You have to give them their supplement list and help them order their supplements. You have to tell tell send them kits right? At a distance. Mm -hmm. And you have to check them out from their visit and make a follow-up appointment and you're sitting at home by yourself. And so that's really where being robust, you know, setting up your team is really what, 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 what's going to make a person successful doing telemedicine is not your ability to have your video chat. It's how well your team is able to function. The person who helps you do all those things. And so the way for us that, so the reason why I think we're seamlessly doing it and because we had set this up already and so we were ready to go is I have multiple systems in place. So my electronic medical records, we moved over in October, we, we switched to a new EMR, which has a great portal. And so we have a really robust patient portal now. Yeah. And at the end of the visit, I can put up an encounter note into the portal. And so I just say, okay, you know, I hang up with them and I say, okay, and uh, give me five minutes. I'm going to finish your note and I'm going to put it up in the portal. 
and I put up their, their encounter note, which has explains to them everything that we're going to do. I can order labs. I can order kits. Like everything I'm going to order yeah. goes right up into the – it goes on that note, which it lays out everything I'm ordering, everything we're doing, explains it to them. A supplement table goes straight up into the portal. So they get a table. They get an encounter note. It explains everything. If they're not sure they didn't understand something, they can message me back through the portal. And so communicating with the patient and telling them and giving them their notes is something that I've really worked hard at, actually, for since running a functional medicine practice all these years. Giving really good treatment plans and notes and, and sharing that information with people is something that I already had in place. The EMO, you know, so I used to print. So instead of printing them and handing it to them right in front of me, I'm now just sticking it up in the portal. So if you don't have a portal, you have to have a way to HIPAA protected, yeah. you know, send it to them, right. their email, whether it's an email right. or, so you have to have a way to send them all their instructions and the notes and their treatment plan and their supplement list. In addition to that, you have to have a way to communicate with your office staff. So for us at Blum Center, we've been open through this. I, I, we're not seeing patients, but my two front desk girls, as well as my medical assistant and my new patient manager, the four of them have been in the office, you know, since the beginning. Mm -hmm. And so they're in the office, they're shipping kits, they're shipping supplements. I can also, if, if, if I need to, instead of shipping supplements from the office, I could do it through full script. I can also drop ship kits to people, but I don't do that myself. And so I leave in my EMR system, I leave a little sticky note for my front desk and I tell them, what to do with this patient, see me in three months, send them this kit, you know, and then I ping them. Mm -hmm. So you need to have like a way to communicate with your front desk. Yeah. Yeah. That we makes have, sense. We have a HIPAA protected instant message system. Some people do that in their EMR. Uh, we have something called Trillion. And so I just, as soon as I hang up with my patient and I'm done, I put in the super bill through the EMR and I Trillion my front desk and I say, you know, June is done. And they say, thanks. And then they contact the patient next and they call them and say, okay, I'm going to check you out from your visit. I see you need these supplements. Shall I send them to you? Or how would you like to get them? I'm going to send you these kits. And so you need somebody who's going to discharge all the, all the sort of all of your orders. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. And you need to communicate with them. So there's this whole loop, you know, it's not just me sitting home. So me seeing patients at home with telehealth is easy. It's really having your machinery in place. You need, you know, every, even if you just have one assistant that works for you, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. you, you have, you need to tell that person, you have to communicate with them. Yeah. yeah so they have to, yeah, that's stuff I wouldn't have thought of actually, to be completely honest. So that's really smart. That's really good advice because no one uh, thinks of that. That's excellent. And thank you so much for all those, those tips. Yeah, and I think tips. that's really yeah. going to help a lot of people who are trying to also transition as well. And just in general, tons of really great information around the immune system, what you can do from a microbiome standpoint and otherwise. And I have one more question oh, on go the ahead, list, Michael. if you don't mind obliging this okay. particular question, but <laughs> something that we, we tend to ask individuals like yourself that have some gravitas, do you have a favorite vegetable? And if so, which vegetable? Well, <laughs> considering that I'm vegan, I, I love all vegetables, but I would say if I had to pick one, what pops into my head is baby bok choy. What? Wow. Wow. I know. And here's why I love it. Okay, baby bok choy has leaf, mm -hmm. is a leafy piece, uh -huh. and then there's a crunch, and there's a crunchy piece. 
right? Yeah. So right. when you saute it, you get a little, you can chop up the base of it and get crunchy. Yeah. And then you put the leaves in and you get the leaves. And as well as it's a cruciferous vegetable, which is great for so many mm. things. Yeah. And so, yeah, so 100%. And then, of course, rosemary is mm. my favorite herb. So, and uh, I mm. had to throw that in because you can <laughs> throw it in your garden. And uh-huh. besides the fact that it's just... It's a potent, you know, it's got its own antioxidant properties. It's great for hormone detoxification. Yeah. And it's actually been shown there's some some evidence that it's good for the, you know, COVID, you know, mm. for just immune function. So I got a little thing across the wire about that. So throw some rosemary in your in your smoothie. Well, you might not like the the intense flavor of rosemary yeah, in a right. smoothie, but but certainly cook with it. I, I put in my I, green drink. If you're doing a green drink, it adds like a lot of freshness. So. Yeah. It has a lot Rose of volatile oils. In your garden. Yeah. yeah. Tons of volatile oils in that one. I also think, you know, good just general antimicrobial if you've got some SIBO going on or something yeah. like that. All those volatile oils are going to... Yes, thank you. That's the other good reason for it. It's and you know the thing I like... It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing I love about rosemary is it's really hardy. <laughs> it's just, it's yes. tough to kill that plant, which is <laughs> important. Is. And it grows into a bush, so you're really going to have you. Right. You'll it will. It's a gift that'll keep on giving all summer. Agreed. Agreed. I, well, need, I need to work on the baby bok choy. I do too. I don't actually, think I, I don't think I cook it right. <laughs> I tend to overcook yeah, practice it. Practice that one. Well, yeah. What happens is you take the base of it, and it's in. It's almost. It's hard. It's harder, right? So you saute that first, oh. and then you and then after whatever you're cooking it with, whether it's some chopped up zucchini or some onions and garlic or whatever. With yep. the harder stuff, you know, the Got chunkier it. stuff, you look at that, and then at the end you throw the leaves on, like you would throw in spinach, you know. Got it. At the end of the saute, and so then you get a balance between those two things. That's Perfect. a great tip. I will now. I will. There I will it be is, Michael Chapman. Forever changed on on how I <laughs> oh, cook the bok choy. Oh, you take the whole baby bok choy and put it on the barbecue. Mm. See, now that's there. It is. That's really thinking. See, tons with of information. I'm really looking. Actually, it's a great idea. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> the whole thing right on there. That's awesome. Yeah. I can't. I can't think of. There's so much information in this podcast episode, Doctor Blum, and we cannot thank you enough for yeah. joining us. We're going to encourage everyone to get your books, The Immune System Recovery Plan and Healing Arthritis, and to visit your website, BlumCenterForHealth.com. And we're just yes, so and wait, Blum Health MD and my with the gut healing programs are the book related programs are on Blum Health MD. Perfect. Sorry. Perfect. Perfect. That. Yeah, That's absolutely. great. Thank you. But thanks for coming in, Dr. Dr. Blum. It was great talking to you. Yeah. Big, big. Thank you for having me. All right. Take care, Dr. Blum. Well, that was excellent. My brain is going to explode from all that information. Yeah. Like, there, there was a ton of information there. There was so much there I that... I have to go back and listen to this like eight times. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Well, before we talk about what we're going to do next time, mm-hmm. I need to hit a button over here. The contents of the lab report are meant for educational purposes only, not to be misconstrued as medical diagnosis or treatment advice. Thank you so much for listening. Next time on the lab report, we're going to talk about postbiotics. Stuff the bugs make. Part two. There can be like part four, five, six, seven, eight. There's a lot of stuff the bugs make. There's a lot of stuff. You've been listening to the lab report. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast, rate us and leave us a review. To learn more about Genova Diagnostics, visit our website at gdx.net. There you'll find information on specific testing, educational resources, and how to connect with our show. Call us at 1-800-522-4762 or email us at podcast at gdx.net. You know what we should do? What? We should put together all the vegetables into one dish. That's great.
bok choy and have it with, with, the, with the sandwich. Yes. Good idea. Yeah. <laughs>